Hello and welcome to the third part in the series of Betting for a Living. My name's Lee Keys of systembet.co.uk and I'm taking you through all the pitfalls, trials and tribulations of betting for a living and what's required to make the game pay. Well, this is episode three and I'd like to discuss about variables in this episode. This is all what I look for to, to find winners and, and, and to back winners. Uh, before I get on to the variables, I'd just like to clari clarify part two, where I had a few sort of bits of sort of negative feedback on the subject of chasing. Now, as we know, uh, I do not advocate chasing on, on betting for a, for a living it's it possibly came out a little bit wrong in that i was kind of admitting that i do do it and what i'm trying to say is that i don't recommend doing it but if say for example like like myself that will find a lot of bets that have a positive return on investment um sometimes on bad days when the needle kicks in, it isn't necessarily a bad thing that I'm overstaking slightly or, or maybe a bit or more than slightly um, on horses that have positive ROIs. Um, in the long term, as long as you're not going to go skin, as in you're not putting pressure on your bankroll, um, then I don't really see a problem with doing it. It's when it puts a pressure on, on your bankroll, as in you don't want to go skin. Uh, skint's no good for anyone um and you can't come back from that so basically that's what i meant to clarify by chasing that yes i do do it uh i know other professionals that do um it's a very difficult skill to master and i don't pretend for one minute that i have mastered it um so yeah as, does it affect me possibly possibly as a negative effect long term but i wouldn't say it's the be all end all as to uh, uh my profitability um right variables in this game there are so many variables to look for when trying to select a horse um and and in this episode uh, i'm going to cover off a lot of the variables i use um when trying to find winners without going to into too deep a, a explanation uh, by that i mean um I, I could certainly talk 10 or 15 minutes for example on on the draw and how important draw is when backing flat horses, for example. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to cover off all the variables that I look for uh, to find winners, and then in future episodes, I will do an individual episode covering off these different sorts of variables and what what I what I do look for, edges I can give you um, in, in, your, in your attempt to, to find winners. Right, so so going through some variables then, and, and with a brief brief synopsis, um, draw. Obviously, we'll start with draw and flat. I mean, obviously, vital at certain tracks. Um, you, you know, there's, there's certain certain biases at certain certain meetings. You can see, obviously, if I listed a very obvious one, it would be Chester. Um, you know, very very difficult to win from wide draws. Why? It's why you get a lot of non-runners in wide draws at Chester. Some people think, well, I can't be bothered to turn up from trap thirteen. Um, other trainers will use it to sort of get get a little bit of hat, bit of weight off the horses if they get a bad draw. Um, so draw. That's that's one variable. Another variable will be ground. Uh, ground is, I would say, one of the key variables because horses that cannot handle certain types of ground doesn't really matter what form they've got prior to that. It could be oh uh, they've they've won a, they've won a King George on good. They've won a. Does it matter if they don't go on heavy? You know, then you're running it in the Betfair chase on heavy ground. Uh, Haydock, um, all of a sudden 
the form there but just because you've got you know uh winning form in a king george on good ground doesn't mean to say you'll be able to replicate it against the likes of bristol demai in a in a three mile slog fest in absolutely sludge ground uh, so ground is absolutely vital when when you're looking at your selection distance um now i mean it's fair to say that horses will stay any distance uh, at a certain speed uh, that's what it's all about you know you, you could gallop a horse for 10 miles but at sort of 15 miles an hour uh well it's canter really but but yeah you, you get the gist um distance is important um but wouldn't be as big a variable as ground um distance becomes important if a horse say pulls very hard for its head obviously then can't quite see out uh, an extra trip or, an, or 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 in that in that way um obviously you get horses that uh, need a certain trip to show the best because they're too slow uh, to run over shorter distances so distance is something pedigree obviously that's linked with distance and ground i i what well, i like to study pedigrees in terms of um uh like dam sires uh, sire sire lines because i think a lot of that's more important than what people think uh pedigrees can unlock certain horses that require potentially offspring require certain certain types of ground certain types of distance um you know for things like like uh, for example green green desert dam sires what one big big example for you here uh anything by green De- desert on the dam side um and the first first line of the pedigree um they really struggle on soft ground really really struggle on soft ground makes sense you know it's from it's from a it's from a line basically of of of, of fast ground uh, fast ground horses and that basically is, is a real negative on the progeny anything by green desert say on the dam side so pedigrees that, that's that's vital in my assessments um elements weather elements a lot of people i mean the the game is forever changing um we're forever devising our methods we're forever studying different things to get an edge on on our opposition essentially to stay in the game because the game's forever moving um and when you look at at elements uh, i mainly talk about wind um wind i i always feel is absolutely key when making selections because if you've got a bad headwind at a track and your horse that you fancy that day is a front runner then that that's a real problem because then you are going to have to make the running especially on a straight course so imagine say newbury straight mile or for example newcastle on the all weather you've then got to set off uh try and make all into a you know 15 20 knot headwind um it's very difficult and something a bit like cycling when when you see that the the leader's making the pace for them they're getting all the uh the drag and the and it's it's they're getting less resistance from the wind um and therefore every everything with cover uh can benefit greatly so wind is important to record as well because remember if, if you back a front runner that disappoints in a headwind can often be a, a big price next time um because people think oh it's rubbish um when in fact it was just basically the headwind that beat it so again all useful things for finding out future winners at decent prices that are a a reason for disappointing that won't be listed maybe in the racing publications uh pigs (laughs) um basically these this is characteristics of horses um and one of my key uh elements uh of of basically race unlocking if you like 
is to spot a pig. Um, a horse basically that doesn't really isn't cooperative doesn't want to run in a straight line um will hang in under pressure won't go past don't forget horse horses are are herd animals that they they they're bred to run fast because they're thoroughbreds but that still makes them part of the herd if you watch them in a field when they're in when they're having a rest you know they all like sort of standing with each other most of them and and messing around that's what horse are the herd animals they gallop in herds they 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 so sometimes certain horses won't pass they will not go past the lead horse so you have to identify this and be quick to do that because you don't want to see a horse's form with second 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 before you finally start realizing that this horse just doesn't want to win um so horses like that with characteristics and when, when i say characteristics i mean like hard pullers horses that basically are um lazy off the bridle can be very useful if you're an in-running player uh, where you can spot things that horses that, that basically are very very lazy you can often get double double the starting price after a furlong that kind of thing so so things like this characteristics of a horse is very important and obviously that comes from video watching um you know putting the time and effort in uh, to watch these horses and and getting to know them don't forget humans have different different characteristics um you know some 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 humans are hard working wiry characters really fit bony some 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 humans are fat lazy it, it's it's the, it's the same kind of thing with horses um and obviously you need to get to know that before you put in your hard earned down because you need to know what to expect jockeys i mean another obvious one here uh I'm probably I'll be honest I'm probably guilty of not placing enough emphasis on jockeys. I think jockeys are vital um in terms of of decision making. It possibly the reason I'm I'm probably a bit lapsadaisical when considering bets with certain jockeys is that um I'm thinking well is there that much difference? Well, I do think there is from a certain point of view the, the very top ones are probably you know it, they're probably worth four or five pounds on the average journey jo, uh, journey jockeys um so it, it's probably something i don't take into account in, enough also good apprentices watch for good apprentices coming on the scene that's also a good edge trying to find that next seven pound claim before the media catch on you know if a new if a new apprentice comes on the scene claiming seven say on the flat watch watch his first his or sorry hers what watch their first 10 rides and watch them and it doesn't matter where they finish what watch how balanced they are watch the strength factor can this can they even switch whips a lot of them can't but but just just notice little things um and you can notice and get an edge before the racing post the media the pundits all catch on that that this that this young kid on the block if you like is the real deal so, so jockeys are, are worth looking out for also from a, a more i also look from a crooked point of view as well i mean look i make no bones about what what sport i'm in um certain jockeys i feel are more crooked than others uh in terms of the yards they ride for uh look at look at jockeys that ride for for yards for handicapping runs in other words, if if you see a jockey and he's got a really bad strike rate, look how many times he's gone off at sixty six to one hundred to one, riding for stopping yards that get the handicap marks. Well, you know then that that jockey's open to more of you know, um, let's say uh, we're not busy today kind of thing. So watch out for that with jockeys. Um, that's that's my advice there. Trainers, um, as I say. Uh, Trainers are sort of similar to jockeys in a way. Certain trainers are very good at the job. Um, uh, certain 
trainers will have good vets, uh, will have good medication. Um, certain trainers will will go for handicaps. Uh, we'll get a mark. We'll get them down twenty pounds. You have to watch for those sort of trainers. Um, some trainers just run everything straight because they they could be just two year old buyers and passer honors as in we just buy to sell that kind of yard uh, you you need to identify what the trainer's about is is the does the trainer specialize in landing handicaps or landing jobs or big bets is the yard a better yard when the money's down or not or does it not matter these are all things you have to study not just can this trainer train most trainers can train it's just you need to get their modus operandi and then you'll know them when you can and can't play on certain certain races. You know, certain certain trainers are very hard to read. And like I'll, I'll mention a whole, I'll mention a trainer, Christian Williams, for example. Christian Williams, when the money's down, they're absolutely mustered. When the big drifters, not so. And that that's that's how it is. Um, so you just identify a trainer's pattern. Owners the same. You know, certain big owners like a bet. Some owners are like studs. For example, if if you if you you're backing a horse owned by a stud, it's very likely more than often than not, um, it's going to be doing its best because that stud will either want them for breeding or basically it's a horse they couldn't pass on at the sales, and they want to show it as the in the best light they possibly can to to sell on. So again, these are all little pointers that. You, you can just pick up just just from this brief synopsis that i'm giving as i say in future episodes i will be going into each category in more detail with with good examples for you to understand better um obviously the the level of form um that's 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 a gimme when studying any any horse as in what's its level of ability what's its level of potential ability um there's lots of skills to identify a potential ability in a horse you know is it running over the wrong trip is it running over the wrong distance uh, sorry the, the wrong ground um has it been disadvantaged by the run of the race is the pace of the race not been right for it has it been held up off crawls you know and all of a sudden a true pace might 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 bring it bring it out better things like sectional timing can identify uh undervalued horses which which is why that's another variable i do use i i, I purchase the data off time form um which is about a hundred pounds a quarter um and i import the sectional data into proform uh which is a, a a racing statistical package which you can uh subscribe to it's expensive it's about it's over a thousand pounds a year but basically that gets me all my data and my statistical analysis um and as i say applying the sectional timing to horses performances gives me a uh a number upgrade in terms of what that horse has achieved so for example a horse might have ran to 70 but then it might get a 10 pound sectional upgrade which i've got the data for so it's telling me i've got a 10 so that horse has run 10 pounds better than possibly the bare form now the sectional timings aren't always accurate so you have to be wary as well you have to put experience to good use and decide if that sectional timing means anything at all um, but as I say, it's useful and it can identify horses that have had bad trips. So sexual timing is something else that I also use in my analysis. Uh, pace. Important to look at pace. Um, however, um, a good colleague of mine uh, said to me many years ago, uh, I don't bother, he doesn't bother analysing pace. And to a degree, I accept this more now because the problem is... Um, the, the, the problem simply is that um, 
you cannot say for sure what the pace will actually be. Um, it might show up that the, in a field of six, for example, you might see that the six horses all been held up. So there's no pace. But then now you're dealing in a modern era where you've got clever owners. Owners, owners have adapted. Owners are getting cleverer. Owners know the time of the day and they'll see no pace. No pace. So two of them might inadvertently say to their jockeys, well, you're going to have to go on today. There's no pace. All of a sudden, you know, you, you end, I've seen it before where there's been absolutely no pace forecast and they've gone bananas. And 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 so you just have to be a bit wary at the same time. If 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 horses definitely have a have a certain running style and it's def they're definitely not adaptable, then that will still probably result in a slow pace. But sometimes when horses can be adaptable, owners will change their plans. So it's not it's not always straightforward to say, um, you know, there's no pace on here because I, I've been made a fool of plenty of times as well as getting it right. Um, statistical biases um, for example so I, I use statistical biases on tracks um, certain tracks are more easier to make the running than others uh, that could be down to track uh, anything to do with the track really if it's like Newmarket for example the wind blows from behind so it might be difficult, more difficult to make ground it, when, when the, the wind's blowing a certain direction you've got Chester that's always on the turn very difficult to make ground Beverly's also very difficult to make ground from off the pace over the seven and a half furlongs obviously you've got like a big breather of a bend and then and then an uphill finish which then it kind of blunts the finishing speed unless they go too fast so there's certain tracks with a statistical edge and i've done if you do the research you'll see for yourselves where there's certain tracks where it's not really profitable to back front runners and there's certain tracks where it is profitable to back front runners this is all important in your decision making uh, and and coming towards your final selection so i hope from this episode you kind of appreciating the amount of work that is actually needed to assess properly a race now that doesn't mean to say that we have to get bogged down with data i always say you can overlook things you you don't have to overlook everything in terms of oh well is every single box ticked it's more or less impossible to have a bet with getting every box ticked however it's always important to consider certain variable variables more than others so if you know there's a, a big front running track absolutely enormous then immediately your instinct should be on that day not to be supporting held up runners. It should you should just cross it from your list because what you you are already on a negative return on investment by doing so. So there's certain instances where variables are more important than others, and it's it's about identifying which variables are important for that particular race, whether it's to do with the trainer and you know, is this the target, or whether it's just simply well they're holding it up on a front running bias track. You know, these are all little little things that, that turn up to be big things to consider. So, in future episodes, I hope you've enjoyed this one, by the way. So, in future episodes, I will be discussing at length all the variables that I use uh, within the sort of 15, 20 minute time frame. Um, I think it'll be very useful for you. It, it, there'll be many pointers um, with real life working examples. So if you do have the a subscription to the Racing Post, that will be helpful because I will be discussing some real life examples for you um, to get stuck into. Um, and then the, the next episode will be next week. Um, so hopefully uh, you'll tune in then. That's all from me on the third episode of Betting for a Living. Bye for now.